Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm smart, not stupid. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Oh, Michael. Michael, that was an abortion. An abortion, Michael. Fredo, you're nothing to me now. You're not a brother. You're not a friend. I don't want to know you or what you do. I don't want to see you at the hotels. I don't want you near my house. When you see our mother, I want to know a day in advance so I won't be there. You understand? This is the business we've chosen. I didn't ask who gave the order. Because it had nothing to do with business. Cue the the theme song, song, Michael. I swear I'll make it up to you. I'm going to change. I'll change. I've learned that I have the strength to change. At this moment, I feel no love for you at all. I never thought that would ever happen, but it has. If anything in this life is certain, if history's taught us anything, it says you can kill anyone. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. All right. Let's uh, go to Before I Was Born. Let's take what Francis Ford Coppola absolutely did not want to direct, wanted to just produce, but ended up that he ended up directing most of The Godfather Part 2. Yes. Uh, Godfather. Part deux. Part deux. Godfather part one, um, I believe, held up all three ways. Yeah. Gross. Yes, it did. Because it was a damn fine uh, film that had lots of lots of scope and scale. This movie coming in at a whopping 200 minutes, three hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> well, I thought it was 322, but... I mean, anything it is past three hours twenty. It doesn't really yeah. matter anymore. Any at that point, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. I mean, holy cow, uh, the length of this thing. Uh, but what he got to look at, um, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, maybe some of his finest directing stuff, um, except for maybe some color levels. But we'll talk about that. Al Pacino, Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, Robert De Niro as Vito Corleone. Uh, Talia Shire, uh, some other people um, that you would no doubt recognize a little bit, but this movie was forever ago. Really interesting to see a uh, 30-something Al Pacino in this movie. Uh, made four thirteen million. made, uh, I don't know, the, the box office ranges that I were seeing were varied, but anywhere from 50 to 90 million. Yeah, I saw 93. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 1974 was a heck of a long time ago, uh, but some very excellent movies had come out up to this point. Um, but, I mean, at that kind of whopping time scale, it can't be ignored, so we might as well chat a little bit about it on the front end of things. Um, this movie is oppressively long because yeah, it is. My, my fear was, should this have been two movies, like one movie about Vito and then one movie about Michael in this day and age, or... I mean, that's why we end up getting such length because whatever is happening with Michael, um, you got to add, I don't know, probably an extra hour of screen time dedicated to Al 
Al Pacino. Um, and both stories, like on their own, if you're into this Godfather universe, then you kind of think it's interesting. Maybe one of the le- least uh, less offensive origin stories, maybe, is Vito Corleone's. Um, if you think about all the origin stories we've gotten over the years, this is one that I really enjoyed. Al Pacino, uh, sorry, uh, Bobby De Niro um, was really great as as Vito Corleone. I felt so. So yeah, so let's talk a bit about the length of this freaking dinosaurly yeah. huge movie. Yeah, it's easy. It's easily way like it's there's no there's no doubt about this being too long of a movie. Like like it's noticeably too long. The reason why it's too long is because. I feel like maybe the sophistication of the audience... Well, no, I don't think. The sophistication of the audience has grown. They seem to, like, have to set everything up, like, for five minutes before you get into the scene. They have to set up, like, you know, like, establishing shots and then establish the room and then introduce all the characters or have a little bit about that before they get into the grid of the scenes. And uh, this movie could (laughs) have... you. I mean, that stuff alone, if you would have cut a lot of that stuff out, you could have chopped an hour out of this movie because there's, they're, they're just so slow. I, I, like John said, oppressively is a, is a good description. Once again, that doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily hold up completely, but like the length does not do it any favors and the pacing doesn't do it any favors either. Sometimes this story does move quickly, and you're like, so, thank God. So what What would you cut? Here's something I was actually thinking about is um, I remembered Connie's character because, you know, she has some stuff in the first movie. Um, and then I was thinking about her plot line in this, but what I end up remembering is the huge part that she plays in the third one. Um, mm-hmm. In this one, she's actually quite irrelevant. She Actually, doesn't do much here. She doesn't do anything. So any time spent with her, which is all about her getting married and when she's trying to get Michael to actually break bread with Fredo again. And I mean, that's really it. Like, that's definitely something that could have been done away with. And for me personally, the, the flashback at the end, while like it's great to see Sonny and, and, and everyone at the table, um, I don't know, like what, what value do we get out of that scene except to see Mike join the war, which... That's we probably a did. little. That's probably a little masturbation. Um, yeah. For the for the fan and for the for the world, you know what I mean. But the the Connie stuff um, to me feels like it. It's maybe a little bit more um, developing the picture for us. How Michael is now with the family. Do you know what I mean? Because we've seen uh, Vito, and obviously Vito is a man with great respect. Blah blah blah. But then, like the younger brother of the family takes over um you know how are siblings gonna react to that are they gonna just like you know hail to the new chief and and you know go to him and defer to him as as the you know the patriarch it's tricky man and if you see what happens in this movie actually fredo actually steps out on him but connie is the one that uh looks like she's gonna rebel and then she comes back and she's like I want to be here. I want to be with you. I want to take care of you. Like yeah. she's doing, she's like falls into the, like the old Italian, like, like that shit is proper, proper. Like when the sister would come and, and uh, you know, when the whole family rallies around it. I'm yeah. talking so about, I, I I'm don't talking mind about that cutting, 
I'm, tr- I'm not talking about cutting certain scenes out no. of the movie. I'm talking about cutting every scene, like every fucking scene. So if a scene is six minutes long, that shit are 10 minutes long. That shit needs to be cut down. Like oh, you're, ta- down. you're talking about a rewrite. No, no. I'm talking about like if a scene is 10 minutes long, I could cut it to five and you'd get everything you needed to get out of that scene and it wouldn't be fucking paced so fucking slowly and there wouldn't be all this filler and extra information that I don't need like in that scene like there wouldn't be so much silence there wouldn't be so much the pacing like the scene between Michael and his sister where she's asking him to forgive Fredo is a good scene but it's it's it could be cut in half and be just as good every single scene in this movie could be cut down and and shortened and have lines taken out and spa- like silence is taken out. Long, long beats of silence where the characters are just sitting in the dark, not saying anything and just staring at each other. All of that could be cut. And once again, not completely cut out. You, you could have like those small, you could have small beats, but not like 30 second beats where they just look at each other and hold hands. Like what is going on? That 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 shit was crazy. But long. He, here's the thing, like like you're saying, I like there be few scenes or entire characters that I would actually cut. But I agree that everything could be cut down. But that's heavily pronounced by the two giant stories kind of being told here. Um, so that, like if I saw each of these, if you made the film each about just the one thing and and built off, like there's lots going on in Michael's story to carry itself as a movie. I think. Um. They could have played on the intrigue maybe a bit more. And so then maybe I wouldn't have mind how how long and set up everything is and how how like just thick it gets spread to set you up in the world. Because I do love um, this stuff. It's like the, the telling, uh, a Vito story is the telling of like, not the beginning of organized crime, but like the beginning of uh, like ma- mafia basically. And, and to show where his roots come from, where while he was a bad dude willing to do bad things, he mostly used his powers for good to help people and it was always about returning favors um and then people could just come to him with the shit in their lives rather than Fenucci, who was you know doing the neighborhood like th- it, those stories independently are like both very interesting it's just when it, we put them together this movie seems seems really long for as much as i enjoy the content it is an epic huge movie for for me the thing is is that it's like it's so interesting that it's like a prequel and a sequel right put together yeah so i feel like i feel like with the with the grandy grandiosity i guess like the huge scale of this story in the world and all of the parts that you're telling and to tell that like family drama because like by telling it like this and exposing us like we're not just seeing like a a, like a lateral story like we frequently do like this story becomes uh three-dimensional in in such a crazy way right we're it's almost a vertical of a family right if you consider so uh i i think that it is like it definitely feels long right and i know that it's long but i like part of me was was like should any movie be this long in my thoughts right like this is absurdly long time for for you to say like hey sit down and watch this but then i was like absolutely some movies should be because i'd be sad if there wasn't any right and this movie why not for it and i don't i don't disagree with colin scenes could be cut scenes could be um maybe a little bit quicker put together but i find that the pacing of this movie is intentionally like this Right. Oh yeah, of it's course. definitely he did intentional. This on purpose, but like I know, you, but that's what I mean is take, I'm not I'm not in in enraged by that 
If you even take the sh- sh- smaller moments, like so the moment between when Michael goes to forgive his brother and he walks over and he hugs him. You could cut that scene. In, you could t- cut that like scene in half. Like the the are the, uh, the scene where Michael closes the door on Kay's face once again. That go- him standing there staring at Kay and sta- Kay looking back at him is like three times longer than it needs to be to get that moment to land. Like what? Why are we sitting so long in these moments? These performances are all really good, and even the silences are good in the performances. But it is masturbatory. Because he just wants, like, to hold on these people's faces or hold on these moments for so long. And that's the whole movie, is he's doing that the whole movie in every scene. Like, the scene between Michael and the um, is the guy that John did today. Uh, what's his name? Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth. Like, the scene between Michael and Hyman Roth is a very long scene once again. And Hyman Roth, uh, when him, they're talking, like the first couple of scenes where it's just Michael and him alone in the room and they're st- and talking and stuff, once again, they, you, you can get out of that scene what you need to get out of that scene in such a short amount of time. But, but they, they just linger in places. Yeah, I don't want them to get out of that one short. Do you know where I want them to get out in the Hyman Roth shit? Is the upstairs cake fucking part. Yeah. For me, that part yeah. is like just like a huge speed bump in that scene because you could very quickly escalate us through that, like like the group gathering to the private conversation. Yeah, the which yeah. is where yeah. we which is where we're trying to get. And the private conversation I love. Like those intimate moments, the long talking, the the uh, like that's part of the shit that I love about mafia movies is that they they have a very particular way of talking where they're saying exactly what they mean without ever saying it right sometimes less is, i think less is more in those occasions as well because those scenes are all very good but less is more like take if he says some, the same thing in five lines have him say it in two like because that's a lot of the times how i'm feeling are when they tell a story about something uh because hyman tells him a story about it's in the scene where hyman tells him that he didn't care who killed mo green he didn't no, not that he didn't care, that he didn't ask because it wasn't it was a it was about business. That scene, he tells a story to Michael that goes on for freaking ever. So by the time he gets to the point, the point is really good and and what that what scene is amazing. You have a problem amazing. with that scene? That, that's, it is an amazing scene, but what I'm saying is once again, it, less is more. That scene would have been just as amazing, or actually would have been better if it wasn't five or seven minutes long. That's just how it felt to me. Everything felt dragged out, and then uh, the longer the movie went on, the the more I noticed that like the things were just dragging, and they were. They were slow. Even like the ending with the boat outside and the and the the kid, she comes and gets the kid and then oh he can't go and then he has to go and then they have to take the boat out <laughs> and then all of the like build up like you know you know that something's bad's going to happen with the guy that's in the military custody with um with uh Fredo and there's a third thing that something bad's gonna have to come about. But I've gotta see a camera slowly panning towards the house with the leaves blowing on the lawn. And then we cut back to the lake and the boat's trolling out to the lake. And then we cut back to the other thing. I already know something ominous and terrible is gonna happen because of the music <laughs> and the directing. 
It's just the the build up and stuff. It's just like <laughs> that's not all about the just, reveal either. That's about giving Fredo like his due, right? Like that's that's an impactful thing. And at this point, we've seen like nine hours of Godfather through one and I two. Also, so uh, we are really attached to the characters. I also I also have a really big complaint this time about it not feeling like it makes sense that Michael has Fredo killed. You don't think it makes sense? I don't think it makes sense this time to me. It didn't make sense. I don't understand what he had to gain from from killing Fredo, like for the the family business. Like Fredo he screwed can't be trusted, up. I th- I no, but 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 f- there's no way Fredo. He he knows Fredo didn't do it on purpose. He knows Fredo is it was a useful idiot. Fredo who got used, and he just yeah. has to continue to keep Fredo out of the the business where that could happen again. But like to but, to after he does the hug with Fredo, and like obviously that is like the mafiosa thing, or keep your friends close, your enemies closer. So like he had to make Fredo feel like he could trust him again before he could kill him, which is fine. But it just didn't make any sense to me why he would want to kill Fredo. He's lost his wife now, like he he he's alone. Like, that was the other thing about the thing at the table at the end was he was alone at the table. His whole family had left, and he was sitting there hearing them in the other room talking to Dad as Dad was coming in, and he was sitting there alone. So, like... <laughs> that's what's that's what's great about him doing that, though, is that he makes the wrong decision. Like, we're not witnessing Michael triumphant. We're witnessing Michael fall into darkness. He lost his he family. Had been, he had been trying to pursue something right and something better. And he has failed in that and lost his family. And he's, he's murders Fredo or has Fredo murdered. Do you know what I mean? Like these things, the way that he goes about himself is like, he's not, he's not the victorious hero. This isn't a happy ending. This is Michael's descent. Right? But everybody yeah. so, else he's killing, everyone else he's killing betrayed him intentionally. Roth so betrayed him Fredo. intentionally. Roth betrayed him intentionally, and uh, and the guy, the guy that was testifying, betrayed him intentionally. Fredo betrayed him intentionally too. The one thing well, he didn't know was that they were gonna kill him, but he intentionally betrayed him, and it was because he was jealous, and it was because he was hungry for a bit more of the power. And Michael, like, you can't, like, that's why he, he did acted betray, the way he did. Yeah, he even, you're right. He even says that he, he did it so that he could, he could feel like he was important. But once again, he wasn't out to get Michael. He was out to get a little piece for himself, something for himself. He didn't want to intentionally At kill Michael's Michael. At Michael's expense. Michael is the godfather. You can't, you can't act like that to that guy. Like that guy's the guy that has to maintain absolute respect a hundred percent of the time. And I'm not disagreeing. He could have given Fredo a pass or that he shouldn't have, but I'm just saying like it legitimizes his decisions in these things. And, and it, and it, I think it gives a little bit more perspective under how he could make that decision, whether, whether or not we agree it's the wrong decision. Um, the fact that he makes that decision um, it's that, it's not that he, it's the wrong decision or the right decision. To me, it didn't feel under like it was motivated enough. Like with K, one hundred percent, everything with K is motivated, and I hundred percent believe that Michael would do everything with K after K told him what she did. Hundred percent, 
hundred percent she's he's doing that to Kay. Like the only reason he doesn't kill Kay is because he's not gonna kill the mother of his kids. Cause then they won't have a mother to help raise them. Right? That's the only reason Kay stays alive. But Fredo just it seemed weird to me. The it just didn't seem the motivation didn't seem there. I felt like and I felt like Connie when Connie told him gave that speech and he did forgive Fredo. I don't know. I just I kind of felt like it just seemed forced to this time that that Fredo had to die. I mean, I fair know. enough. You're entitled to it. It's it's I mean, that's new territory for me. Yeah, well, for me too cuz I never really felt that way before. I felt like that worked perfectly previously. John, I always what looked is, at what it is your analysis there. I always looked yeah. at it as though um Fredo didn't like knowingly betray Michael with the intent of having him killed. He slipped up, I think it was information on where Michael was going to be so that the assassination could go ahead. Um and that's what he got. But what I always thought that Michael couldn't forgive him for is that even after Fredo knew that that's what had happened, he never came to Mike and came clean. He he never came forward. Mike figured it out and had to tell him, I know you did it. Yeah, and he tried that's and what he hurt failed him so deeply. He, and that's he, why he thought I can never trust this guy again, because he will not only do things that can put me at risk, but he'll never tell me about it. And I'll have to find out from someone else. He did. He did. He did chicken out. To, he he would tried to tell Michael and totally chickened out, but yeah. Michael maybe didn't notice that. No, he wouldn't have. Well, he, he might have because because he he said uh, what did he say? He said something like, so, "Why can we spend so time like this you, before?" He yeah, he says, "Why can we spend time like this?" And then no, he says, it was, I was after. so mad at. Yeah, he says, "I was so mad at you," and then he stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who knows if Mike would end up remembering that? But. One thing I did want to talk about is the, uh, are we looking at a consistency of themes between the Vito and the Michael story or are they opposing? Because like it shows Vito sort of acting with honor, not really, he's like murdering people but um, and stealing rugs and stuff, but also like what he ends up creating is something based on better principles than what was there before. Um, and Michael is kind of going the other way going real extreme on things. Um, and at the end of the day, while Michael is victorious with the business and the family, because the, that um, congressional hearing or whatever the hell that was ends up getting totally shot down and, and like his business will only continue to grow as like Roth is out of the picture and the Godfather takes over a bit more. So um, what I always, not what I always thought, but what I really thought about hard this time was that they were playing off the two sides where, where Vito like, builds a strong family and that includes like people close to him who owe him because he's done favors for them he'd like consider those people to be in his family and he the godfather of all that whereas michael is um starting to act a little bit more shady and with um less less honor i don't know what the right thing is but he says it's for the family but he ends up losing his whole family by the end of it um like even he's that ends with tom he has no one at that point even i don't think victorious. Vito. I don't think Vito um, does his brother like that, though. What's that? I don't think Vito does his brother like uh, Michael does Fredo. No, that's the thing. Like, th th I'm I'm saying that like they're trying to maybe show that these are like two not so similar people after all. They may be very different. Because yeah, Vito that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, that, I mean, that's that's a real interesting way to think about it. And I don't think Vito would. And, and that is a big difference. And, and where did it go wrong for Michael, like having such that focus on family? But he gets obsessed by the business and that goes kind of downhill. So I, I don't know, these two stories, um, do they complement each other? Or is it just, you know, telling two separate stories in the span of this three hour time slot? Like, I didn't get the sense that, like, one story weaved into the other where you learn something about why Michael might be some way because Vito had done something similar and look how similar these these people are. It was, they actually kind of felt like really two totally separate stories this time. And mm-hmm. the only thing that stuck with me from one to the next was Michael sitting at the table at the very end of that 1941 flashback. Um, and then he's obviously alone at the end of the movie but in the like at the table with the the whole family like he makes the choice he i guess he was showing himself to be an outsider at that point that he would join the military to run away from the family but then at the end of the day he ends up deep into the family running away from his family i don't know so like crazy things happen and people like definitely like a lot of uh, it's like a train wreck some of this movie rather than like some some big arcs um in a sense and so I don't know. It just, what did you guys think about? Like, do these stories tie together? Well, like maybe I, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention or, or are these two like two distinct and separate stories? I think they do tie together. Well, I think this movie is always conceptually put together with Godfather one as like, like you, you should have that understanding for this. I don't think you need it for this movie, yeah. but I do feel like this movie is, is, um, well, like I, I had read that fucking uh, Coppola wanted to, uh, when he, when he agreed to direct us with the studio, he had, like one of his stipulations was like the intent that down the road, they would be shown concurrently, like there'd be one and then they would show two right after. Ah. So I think that this, like I understand why you feel like it doesn't tie because Vito and Michael, two different people, two different places, it's really just two separate stories. To me, I like it because it does show the um, the differences between them, and and because they're father and son, and because of the ideological differences, and because of like where we see Michael start in one as like the ideologue and uh, you know the guy that wants to step away from the family. Everyone else is in the family. Everyone else is in, and Michael wants to step away from it. He wants to go fight the war because it's the right thing to do. Uh, he's marrying this girl Kay, who is like so far removed from the life. Do you know what I mean? And as we see the guy who Vito was, and then we see in relation the guy who Michael, you know, is becoming. Um, I think that that's a really interesting story, and I think that that actually compels the the idea of the fall of Michael, because we see like we see Vito being actually a like a better man. I would say right. Mm. Um, and to see Michael turn this way, I think that, um, that it shows the failure of, of his potential or the failure of, um, you know, of what he, what he should have been or what he had been trying to be. Hmm. I don't, I don't think, I don't feel the strong tie between them myself. Yeah. I, I just, I didn't this time anyway. I didn't, I didn't see how they would co- how they complemented one another i felt like they're they were both good stories i mean yeah. the, the the thing about this movie is the performances and the acting and the directing and the cinematography the cinematography actually was a little questionable this time once again like this movie is very dark but what about the music 
The music's great. The music's great. great I mean, too. most yeah. most things about this movie are great. Like, but like the problem is is. Uh, yeah, I don't know if those stories do tie together. It does feel like we're jumping back and forth. It by the end, it did feel that way. We like you could have easily made one of one of these movies. You could have made the the Robert De Niro Vito story, Godfather Three, and you could so have made Godfather Two, the other story, and you could have done it without ch- doing any changes to the scripts. You could have like literally just edited these two movies as two separate films, Godfather Two and Godfather Three, and and then never had what we now see today as Godfather Three, because that is a giant piece of shit and always was. But you could definitely have edited this into the the trilogy. I don't know if I like these stories as much as I do now if they are separate movies. I don't know if I am as bought in. To yeah. me, the fact that I am seeing the past um, and the future, or the present rather, right? Um, or the potentiality of the future, I suppose, maybe with Michael, right? I like that. Jesus, I really do. I like I like, like th- these two things. I like them a lot. I just wish that they tied together. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the thing. I feel like they do tie together. I I get where you guys are coming from with yeah. it. Um, to I I just I uh yeah I guess I see that one differently. I I like it that way. I I I do agree though. I mean, it is long, and you do have these two stories. Those two facts together compel you to want to to have a break there, right? Separate them. Well, there Especially is an intermission. They, it's, yeah, it's this is so long. There is an intermission. It has an intermission in the movie. I think. I think the reason why um, they feel like they're different is because they're not dependent on each other. Yeah. Well, and the Michael story is like complex intrigue and like government and and espionage and stuff like that. It's fairly complicated. It's not confusing. I watched it fairly close this time and they they stitch everything together quite well. Uh, The only thing that I found potentially confusing and likely again on purpose is when when the the Tucci's what what is the um, th- they go to kill uh, no not well Chichi's who's his boss Frank Frank Pantangeli so when the yeah 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 when they when he's getting whacked by the Rosado brothers right they know that he's gonna cooperate or he's gonna go into the deal and the Hyman Roth team wants him dead to cause a rift between him and Michael yeah. Um, when Frank is getting assassinated, um, they the, the Rosado brother assassin says, Michael Corleone says, you know, hello. And we don't really know what's going on as an audience because there's so many characters in this movie. So at the time, I think you, uh, for a while anyway with this movie, I used to think that Michael did try and whack the guy. And then it's only not till later that I start to figure that out, that it's not the case. And I'm like, wow, it would really make sense to me to know... Um, because like I, I I guess for a while I was like well if I was Frank like he's doing the right thing by testifying and and Mike is really being a jerk by pulling his brother in and basically saying I'll kill this guy if you say anything, um but it ends up making a, a strange um a strange occurrence that uh, that guy said that line to make Frank think that but also make the audience think that I was that slightly used to I also me. thought it was it was it wasn't believable that he could get out of that even with the cop showing up because they were strangling him with piano wire and that guy had it cinched right in 
So like once they get into the back room, like why stop strangling him? It's he could if you stop strangling him, he could speak or shout. Why why would they not finish off strangling him and our worst case scenario before they run out, shoot him twice in the chest? Like there's five or six of them. The fact that th they left him alive and then ran away from the police, it didn't make any sense. There was, you know, it, it didn't feel believable that that guy could have survived and they would have left and he would they he would have gotten away. Yeah, yeah that seems busted. Seemed, yeah, that seemed bullshit to me. Yeah, I totally agree. They they should have re-engineered that scene completely. Had it been like maybe Definitely. a drive-by or a fucking grazing injury, something like that where he didn't get it. Maybe the guys are like, Michael says hello, and then they fucking shoot at him, right? Even <laughs> if it was two guys. Even if it was two guys. But it was like six dudes who like carried him into the back. Yeah. There's just no way they, they give up. You yeah, see how no. Michael's guy uh, assassinated Hyman Roth, even though... It was basically a suicide mission. Yeah. Yeah. That's what those guys would have done. They would yeah. have totally, ensured 100%. that. Pen Pentangeli is the new head of him. that family, of the Corleone family. Yeah. He's a capo. Yeah, that's right. He's like high. He's a he's a respected guy. So like that was no little hit. That was a, that was a big thing that was going on there. And the courtroom stuff was all good. I liked all the, I liked all of that stuff with the, with Congress or the Senate or whatever questioning, uh, yeah, the big inquiries, the and then Michael's it. speech, like that he gives, yeah, uh, in front of them. Like I like that all that stuff too. Um, that senator who speaks on Michael's behalf and the Italian people's behalf—that was like way, way, way over the top. Like that, <laughs> it was so obvious that they had bought him. Yeah, like he may as well have just said, "I'm, I'm, I, those guys have something on me, so I'm, I'm gonna excuse myself." The way that he yeah. did that was so terrible that I, I would have cut that hundred percent gets cut in half. All he does is say, um, "The Italian, you know, are I amazing. would just like to say the Italian people are amazing, and now I'm gonna recuse myself." Um, and then he goes right. Yeah. That's it. That also makes that joke funnier. It also yeah. makes it quicker. I mean, in that element, there is some a lot of things that you can trim up in this movie. Um, oh yeah. So with that like seems that a perfect type example. That seems 100%, a hundred percent. Yeah. But you, what? How you feel about that scene is how I feel about not every scene, but like a lot of the scenes. A lot of the scenes. Yeah. Even no, like you. them. Even them going to someone's house to kill them. Like the end guy that he, he, what does he do? He like stabs him with a knife and like rips his whole gut open. Oh yeah. He gets yeah. him. The one who killed his father. Yeah. Like yeah. the tension and stuff there is great too. But once again, like when you hold it there so long, uh, I don't know, man. Like I was really surprised at like how long this movie was. Me and John took guesses in the car and I think John said an hour, 235 and I said 246. Yeah, and I guessed at home before you guys got there because I was like, I was like, I don't know what the what the stress is. This is long, but it's not like bananas long. <laughs> it's bananas long. <laughs> it is bananas long. Yeah. Um. And the, what was the Godfather? Because the Godfather wasn't too long. I mean, it, it could have been. I want to say two. I want to say two forty six on the Godfather. Two fifty five. Yeah. Godfather three is at a reasonable two thirty eight. 
still too long. Well, oh, for Godfather 3 should have been an hour and a half. Unfortunately, Godfather 3 has some really interesting stuff um, that, but it's like for other reasons really horrible. Godfather 2, see, if you did split these stories um, yeah. and then you could put a bit more into each of them, one of the things that I really would love to have seen more of is how they got their scam and what was like the intent of getting shit done in Cuba. And for that to be foiled by the revolution with so many like um, just background, but very interesting background things happening. Like I would have really liked to to know a bit more about that. And, yeah, there's and how so much. Com- you're totally right. Yeah, there's so much they conversation, were, but you that, you you just barely scratch the surface of like their the investments they're making in the. They gout. do say that they would be in charge of the gambling in Cuba. Yeah. I think, and they they allude to that they could basically pay the government, and then they'd have free reign to like create and run you know, wholly owned subsidiary businesses and like get deals on taxes, like everything that would be um, not possible in, in other countries. And they'd be on the ground level. These would be the first outside investors bringing a whole bunch mm-hmm. of money in, right? So it's just, it's ripe for some big, thick story. And then it would be a much bigger shock when everything falls apart at the last moment. That president of Cuba basically is like, I resigned tonight and I'm leaving. Good luck. <laughs> and have a good night. <laughs> Tip your server. That scene is so crazy. That guy totally does nope right out of there. He does. And he's like, so, and people are like, oh, that's interesting. And it's like, run. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that could have been a, a bit more interesting. And maybe they could have played out some of the, some of the intrigue along that a little bit more. Um, and something else just to bring up as a point of order, something that stuck out for me and I didn't appreciate that they did this was that they have, Tom and Frank get together out in the courtyard and they're like, let me tell you a not so indirect story about Roman leaders killing themselves. Well, thanks a lot, Frank. See you later. Good luck with the rest of your life. Right. And then the next scene is like Frank killing himself. Why couldn't the they, they have described why, too, the way yeah, they described. Why couldn't they have like split that up and had like an early conversation with Frank a long time ago about this? And, or I don't know, maybe even not at all. It just seemed really weird. It was like, I'm going to tell you this story in this long scene and then it's you're gonna watch it happen in the next scene I all you had to do all you had to do was have him say to robert duvall say to him um when they're having that conversation uh, and then he's just like you know what you've got to do right and he's like i know what i got to do and he's like well it's good you know goodbye or whatever And he's like, the way they say goodbye would have been enough because it was like i always appreciate everything you did for me tom thanks frank good luck it'd be like Boom, and then Frank yeah, does goodbye, himself. I'd be like, I get it. Yeah. I understand. You, yeah, you didn't need anything, any of those conversations. That's what I'm saying. There's so much of that exact same stuff throughout this whole movie. It's so heavy-handed at times, and there's t- way too much dialogue. Way too much dialogue. I would have. I would. I would love to edit this movie. I would love to edit it. Oh. Stop promising. You promised like 16 <laughs> movies. Oh, now. right. Well, I got to start with Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids <laughs> number one. Then you can yeah, come back to first. talking about Bridesmaids editing shit. Bridesmaids for sure is number one. Stop getting everyone excited <laughs> for your movie revisions. Uh, so the Academy loved this movie. Best picture, best director, best supporting actor for Bobby. Best adapted screenplay, best art direction, best original dramatic score. Yeah. Uh, best costume designer was nominated to not win. Pacino nominated not win. Yeah, Connie nominated for best supporting actress did not win. Like, 
what the fuck does she deserve that for? Yeah. And the other thing Sorry, too Talia. that I noticed with the Michael character this time is um in the first movie he had principles and he didn't want to do this. And then he becomes like his father. But in this movie we see that he's completely changed. And he is like sadistic. He's devoid of emotion. And, and he has no fucking principles or ethics any longer. And he's just sadistic. And he's mm. out for money with this Hyman Roth guy. They're going to make all this money. He seems greedy and sinister and sadistic. And I just feel like that is you know so, he's a, such a You know a he's far, a mob boss, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. But he's a mob boss. But his father was a mob boss too. And he was helping old women keep their dogs in their apartments. And here Michael's just out for himself, killing everybody, including his fucking brother, so he can make some money in Cuba. Like that was, it's that like was the so, foundations. It's at different times. He's man. so far. He's so far removed from the. He's so far removed from the 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 idealistic guy who went to war, volunteered to go to the war, and was a war hero who didn't want anything to do with his father's hypocrisy or corruption. And and then now he's like basically like Satan. Yeah, that's what's great about this fucking Godfather. You watch Michael go over the course of two movies from being an ideologue, a fucking uh, a ray of hope and goodness in an otherwise uh, dark and tragic family, and then you see him descend to depths past where they had been. I know that is what is that it like what your problem is is what is good. I know, but well, one I of think the goods. I but I think it makes him an unlikable character that I don't care about, and so I don't care if Michael got and gets killed. I don't care if he got shot in the beginning of the movie. I don't care about him. They they put antagonists in his way, like the senator. Like, in the first scene, once again, he comes off like the better person because that senator is not only super racist against Italians, but is also, like, a gigantic <laughs> piece of shit and is treating Michael like he's a piece of shit. And yeah. so when Michael gets, the, gets over on him, then you're like, yes, okay, like, that guy's, like, hypocrisy is far worse than what Michael's doing. Like, this guy, like, pretends... He's something that he's not. But then we see that Michael's no better than him by the end. He's exactly like the fucking senator. He just wants what he fucking wants and be damned any fucking buddy who gets in his way, including yeah. his brother. I'm fucking team... I'm team Fredo, baby. I'm team Fredo. <laughs> when Fredo gives his speech, Fredo's right. He was passed over. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not supposed I wish Fredo to cheer for Michael, Michael in the boat. You're supposed <laughs> to cheer for Michael to be better. The way that you're feeling is... I ain't sure Fredo would be better. I think he should have been in the boat and Fredo should have been in there living it up, drinking drinks and smoking cigars. Oh, so Fredo can come inside and put a cork on his fork so he doesn't accidentally stab himself in the eye and fucking wear diapers and walk <laughs> I, him, I just take himself for big boy walks? He's a fucking dummy. I just Get think they did him. a better job in the first movie. They, they basically did the exact same thing that they were trying to do in this movie. They did it in the first movie. They did it in two hours and 55 minutes. And like I felt like all the moves that Michael makes in Godfather 1, that they, they are for the family, like he says. Like, like 
his his sister's husband killed Sonny. That's why that guy had to go. He killed Sonny. He had Sonny. He set Sonny up. That guy 100% deserves to die. And Michael lies to his sister because he doesn't want to tell her that he killed her fucking husband, who also, by the way, beats the shit out of her. So Michael is the good guy in the first movie. But in this movie, Michael is no better than that senator. Michael starts out this movie like as a evil, cold, calculated guy who's been worn down by the business and he has this singular focus. And then after... like. There's no ups with him. Like he's he, he looks like he's pretending to have fun at any kind of like social gathering and then he's once he's godfather he's emotionless with Kay and the kids he's emotionless. Um and then I feel like when Kay tells him that she had the abortion which must have been so shocking for this to be in a 1974 movie like ripe at the time like that's a that's a attention grabber right there. Um I, maybe Michael loses the last of his humanity there, but he just gets like really angry in that scene, more angry than normal. And then he's just like cold calculated for the rest. So, I, um, yeah, he, he, it's not like the, the movie tried to like pull me along to show that he was trying to be better or, you know, maybe he's, like he, he was like trying to figure out what family was and what it meant. I don't get the sense that he's ever doing that. He's always pushing Kay and the kids aside. He's always getting like doing whatever it takes to make his business work, thinking ahead of people. And then another interesting thing is like Hyman Roth wants like to get rid of Michael. Like th- you never need to explain why. It's like they're both gangsters and Hyman Roth wants money. But there's like we never get to see yeah. any of their conflict. Why does, just, Hyman, why does Roth want to kill Mike? I still don't get why he wanted to kill Michael. I still have no fucking clue why. Michael said Michael said something, but it didn't mean anything it didn't I, I i don't get that and also by the way we we were questioning this a lot this movie takes place in the 1950s it takes place go. it's that it, but so like this movie she had an abortion in like 55 like so, i don't even know but, that they had that back then. <laughs> oh yeah they've Other had it than like, think about dirty dancing man yeah true that was, there no, were road, that was roadside the abortions too, yeah yeah, and before fair. that, there was teas you could drink. Like the people would make fucking no, no, like, that's fair. But it's the sounds forest like witches would a, make nettle tea or whatever. It sounds like fucking. It sounds like Kay. Sounds like Kay might have went to a, an actual physician, but but I wait, I want to. Anyway. I really want to address what John was saying before. Yeah, yeah and I'm ahead. hoping that I can remember. Um, he was talking about Michael. Yep, and he was talking about Michael is like dark and serious from the start, and then. Gets angry. Yeah, so there it is. So Michael, I think you guys are forgetting, is attempted assassination on him while he's in bed with his wife. Yep. And then he leaves and goes out on his own and stays away from them and keeps them at arm's length for that reason. Yeah. Right? And then I think that the stress and the fucking craziness of that happening is what is pushing him to that dark side is what it that initial drive for like for like revenge and to win that battle right yeah yeah. like someone tried to kill me in my house i'm gonna make sure i fucking beat that and then unfortunately he loses his family but like i've said this is a tragic story so then is is k overreacting then in your opinion brent i don't think she's overreacting no 
No, it's a fucking horrible place to want to raise a kid in that fucking house. Like, she's not overreacting. If, if you're living with somebody who's a fucking mafia boss, yeah. you probably should leave them, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying, no, I'm, I, mean, I'm, just, I can understand. I can see the movie from my rational, like, my voice and how I would react. Like, definitely, I'm not killing Fredo. But then I also put on my movie hat and then I say, I'm watching Michael go through the assassination attempt, have all the stress of maintaining this family, trying to keep fucking Connie from marrying this fucking obvious money grubbing prick. Um, like all of the stuff, Afredo is betraying me. Do you know what I mean? I'm still dealing with the repercussions of like losing my father and my older brother. My fucking uh, kid is gay um, you know, all of the shit, like all of the shit. Yeah. And he's, and he's not dealing with it. Well, yeah. I mean, he's dealing with it calculated as far as strategy and, um, and perseverance of the business and his own personal life go and his family. Yeah. Things are going pretty well. This, but as far this, as like maintaining his humanity, I feel like he's failing, which I feel like in Godfather three is what the big drama is, is that he just is trying. He constantly is trying to get back that piece of himself. Yes. And he just cannot. See, right. And in that, so that is what we're witnessing here is him get to that desperate place. But he seems this, this seems to me like flatline when it comes to tone. He, he doesn't seem there's like, the only time that you see any humor or joy or happiness from anyone in this movie is the Robert De Niro section. There's one moment in this movie with Michael, one moment in this movie with him and his brother when they're in Cuba and they go have a drink. And that's the only time you ever see Michael as like a human being. Smiling. And not just a test pattern for anger and calculation. And like also when he gets his son's drawing on his pillow at night. Okay, so there's two then. But otherwise the rest of this is like test pattern. And so like they do a much better job in the De Niro stuff of adding some diversity to the character because sometimes he is shooting somebody like sometimes he's shooting someone in a fucking darkened hallway outside of their apartment. And other times he is scaring a man who who is giving him back money and dropping the rent for a woman so she can keep her little dog and can't open the door or he's in his house with his wife and his kids or whatever or he's talking with the other guys about how he's going to take care of it you're seeing a lot more humanity in in that story and in the Michael story it's it's mostly flatlined the same kind of level like Michael is dark Michael is quiet Michael is intense Michael is sinister. Michael is fucking doing crazy shit. Like, even when he talks to the guy um, about the one that they didn't try and kill, and that John is correct about that as well. I always did think Michael... Up, This is the first time... I've seen this movie many times. This is the first time I realized that Michael didn't try and kill Patanjali or whatever his name is. I always thought he did. I can tell you the reason why you guys both think he does. Because he said Michael says fucking hello when he's strangling him. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, it's because because you can easily... Because the movie tells you that that's not the thing. But you guys have seen this movie a lot of times and you don't remember. It's obviously not because he tells them that. Because you would have fucking felt that way the first time you watched it. Because when Michael goes to see Pantangeli, right? Yeah. The first time after the killing thing, he loses himself. 
which is something Vito wouldn't would have never done, right? Um, he yells at Pantangeli, and he's like, "In my house, right?" And he's like yelling at him, like, "Where my wife and my kids sleep?" Like, yeah. if you don't think that he's somewhat guilty, why are you yelling at him like that? Like he had something to do with it. Yeah. So that, to me, I believe, suggests to you. I believe I've always kind of felt, and I felt like this time too. I felt like that that part is um, is put in the movie in error, and that the tone there is wrong, and that that leads you to that place later where you're like, well, Michael, yeah, Michael obviously tried to have him killed. Like he was so fucking pissed at him, and then you also think that it's misdirection because you don't know which side Michael's on when he talks to Pantangeli. He's like, don't worry, I know it was it was Roth. But then he talks to Roth and it's buddy buddy business, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So you're confused there. And I yes, feel like absolutely. I feel like that first thing does set the does set the stage um for a for a little bit of uh confusion. And I, yeah, I, see if you I think that, edited, that should go. If you would have edited that Pantangelo scene down to one line, the very first line Michael says to him is, I know it was Roth. I know that it was Roth that tried to kill me. Not only would it be a lot shorter, but it would be less confusing. And also, so when that guy says that Michael Corleone says hello or whatever, I, I, I never doubted that that was true. Like when I'd seen it before, I was just like, like, like I was fooled by Roth <laughs> as well as Pantangelo. <laughs> yeah, they both got Roth you. like sucked me in, man. He sucked me in, baby. That's I how good he is. He tried to kill Michael. Yeah. He is good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the third person to die at the end of the movie was Roth. Yeah. There was yeah. Roth, Pantangelo, and Fredo. Yeah, it was all of them. Yeah. I think yeah. that was only three, right? Just three. I mean, to tell you the truth, I'm not really sure why Pantangelo has to die. No, I know he that did. he was going to turn. I guess he's never getting out after that. No, and if he does, they'll try and kill him anyway because he was going to testify. Like no, he's but dead he, no matter but what. But he went back on his word, and you could tell he that he did. Like when, it, but they still got to get him, though. No, I know, but I mean, like, do they really have to? He's still an FBI fucking protection. He's still going to get a little cabin somewhere. Actually, no, he won't. They'll release him. No, yeah, he didn't wow. testify. Yeah. He's fucked. He got to prison for some of the stuff, like the... Yeah, contempt or the lying. to a bunch of shit. Cons what do they call it? Freaking um, perjury. And yeah, they, he'd go to jail for perjury and he'd also ha be convicted of the crimes of the, that he said that Michael told him to do. He said Michael told... He, he confessed that he killed a bunch of people for Michael yeah. and then he didn't testify against Michael. So they're going to try him for those yeah, murders but then now he, as well. Yeah, no, they won't try him for that because he they he says it was under legitimate... Um, oh, he made uh, it up. Threat of, threat of um, you know, the FBI guys were like... We're like, hey, we'll get you off if you say this. You should say this. You say this. And he was like, yeah, so I said it. I agreed with it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> whatever. So I will, I will say that I will say after seeing both these movies now for Hold Up that I, 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 I have now solidly think that Godfather 1 is better than Godfather 2. Oh! Oh! Yeah, no, definitely. No one listening it. understands that this has been what twenty oh, yeah. three oh, God, years oh, in yeah, the absolutely. in the making. This argument, crazy. Colin and oh, I have easy. argued for at least two decades about which is the better Godfather. It's movie. easily the Godfather one, absolutely. And what Hands do you think, down. Brent? 
What do Brent's I think? Which is the best? Godfather yeah. one. Brent's always said. Oh, Godfather, Godfather one. Okay, one. Yeah, just yeah, that was the argument. Been. Yeah, that's the one he won just now. Yeah, one hundred percent. It is. I. You're totally right. You nailed that, bitch. See, I, I am an early. <laughs> you nailed it. In my early starting to watch it. movies days in the nineties, like. Let's have a drink. Let's go celebrate. Godfather one and two were <laughs> always so revered. Yeah. These oh. movies, and it's like it's almost like how dare you say anything against Godfather and, and Godfather Two, which is potentially better, two of the best movies ever made, right? So like that's in your face immediately when you go see this. So it's interesting to try and separate yourself from that stigma, I guess, when you're when you're going in to watch something like this. It is a funny thing, isn't it, that some movies should be beyond reproach? Like when I fucking shit talked in that that chat room online for horror movies about Rosemary's baby being too long. And some guy basically fucking dressed me down and shit in my pants for fucking (laughs) suggesting that maybe you could cut some out of there. Rosemary's not even saying that the movie is bad. Just saying that you could cut from it. He was like, who the fuck are you? So can you imagine if you criticize Godfather two in popular company Without just being uh, sequestered inside your house on a microphone with your two friends, <laughs> I think the the Danger only reason I everywhere. think the only reason why it it's more not I guess acceptable today is because there's so many people from the younger generation who have never seen this movie and couldn't give a shit about it, and now mm-hmm. if you shit talked like Avengers, they'd be upset. <laughs> Something like I mean. That. I do have to say that I feel like uh, there's the definitely up, a crowd that one. this movie is not for, right? Yeah. This, the pacing of this movie is slower. It is one of those older movies, and like, oh, it's you know, pace, Collins yeah. complained about a ton. Like, the the scenes are longer. the The drama is thick, and the story and the world is very immersive and very dense. So, you're gonna spend time with this movie. It's it's long. I mean. Jesus, it's long. The great news is we always have It's a Wonderful Life as the example. (laughs) That movie was made like 30 years before this, and that bitch still holds up. Yeah, but goddamn touching Christmas movies should be exempt from the rule because they (laughs) tickle that little special part of your balls that make you fucking be like, oh, that definitely fucking There's a lot of bad Christmas movies out there. This is a touching family story, is it not? Touching Godfather you in too, the naughty 100%. places, maybe. Brent, it sounded like you were on a roll there to maybe like rolling this one home with a calling it. I thought I'll you call were it too. right now. I'll call it right now. I did feel like that, didn't it? So yeah, I'll go on. Um, I think that this definitely 100% holds up this movie. Um, I love it. I love the world. Like we said, Godfather is my number one um, on my top 10 list. But this is in the top 10 for me, I think still, I, I love this movie. Uh, De Niro's great, but do you know the one thing that I would change is probably De Niro's fucking veto impression. <laughs> That's the thing that drives me crazy. I keep feeling like there's something wrong with the sound or something wrong with his fucking impression because he speaks a little bit too yeah. much like this all the fucking time. It's goddamn. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could have a little bit of a voice. Also, trivia note: that little fucking cross that he has when he comes off the boat, yeah, means that means that they think he's touched. Ah, not not quite there. Apparently, De Niro like like learns learned the Sicilian for for this thing. It wasn't just like phonetically reading lines. He he like worked hard at for months at um, like like learned the 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 dialect yeah. or whatever. Learned to speak no Sicilian. 
Johnny, what is your take on this? I'm waiting for Johnny. Um, I'll go last today. Colin's nervous. Colin knows what he wants to say, but not what he has the courage I'm for. I'm kind of on the fence. I got to be honest. This is a hard <laughs> one. This is a very hard one to judge. I'm really on the fence. There's so many uh, good things about this movie, but like... No, it's my like, nightmare. This is I, I'm just on the fence on this one. I really am. I There's a lot of things to like about this movie, but now this time there's a lot of things not to for me too. So Are you, I don't know. Why don't you keep going then, man? Tell us. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. You go ahead. I honestly don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. Jesus. I, I couldn't tell you right now. I, it's like, it's so close. Well, like <laughs> I groaned at how long it was. When it did wrap, it didn't seem quite like a three hour and 30 minute movie. There were part, like chunks of this movie zipped along really well. Um, like Brent, I like this world and I like Godfather 1 a lot. I have a lot of respect for that movie and um, it, it, it like broke ground. And so I have to think about this movie and where it stands and, and when. And uh, for the budget they had and they had put such a good cast together and, and the acting just gets knocked out of the park that there's so much. It can be trimmed. It doesn't need to be cut. And the, and these two stories are very compelling in their own nature. I just don't know that they belong together is, is one of the big problems I have. And thus it like takes everything that I've come to like be comfortable with in terms of structure and storytelling. It kind of turns it on its head. Like maybe this was a mini series with a couple of episodes dedicated to Michael and a couple dedicated to, to Vito. And then you just find, find the themes that stitch the stories together at the time when they cut them. So that I'm like, wow, how did that happen? Oh, my God, it was foreshadowing for something that happened in the past. Oh, wow, now we're back in the future. And that makes sense with where he ended up. Oh, my goodness, yay. And another thing that I really want is I want to, I know all this bad stuff has happened to Michael. And I he, I know he must be under so much pressure. But I want to, like, see his struggle. It's the one thing that Godfather 3 does well is is uh, is Al Pacino, is Michael's struggle as he tries to like be better and get legit and see things forward. And he not only doesn't get to do that, but he is like receives one of the ultimate punishments of his child being being uh, being killed. Sorry if you didn't see Godfather 3, but what, what do you do when listening to this show if you hadn't seen that? So I wish Michael, you had seen more of his struggle, at least see him trying to be good so that when he sinks back down, we like we lose that hope for him instead of him just always being down and the gears might be turning in his head. But um, and that doesn't mean that Pacino did a bad job. He's like, I don't know. He's very steady in this. And De Niro's very enjoyable. <sighs> does it hold up? Like it just doesn't meet any definition normally of a movie. But I'm going to say that it does hold up because by the end of it, I have more positive things to say about it than negative. I still get a lot of like the warm fuzzies when I think about it because some of the scenes come together so well. The Hyman Roth scene, while Colin said, yeah, on ends of it could have been trimmed, but that whole thing about him recalling the Mo Green was like the meat of it for me. That guy was like money in that scene. Um, And some of the stuff that happens is so shocking, like the abortion stuff and things like that. So like, I don't know if this movie would fall into my top 10 anymore. Um, if it did, it would be because I like the subject matter and that might give it a bump of a bit, but, but it's still, it's still like good. God damn it. I feel like I did this movie a disservice with coming into it like as critically as I did. And I just can't reconcile what do you, the two stories. Like, What do you put above this? Oh, well. The thing is you guys are fine. Like you guys are nitpicking hard on this to find the problems. I'm Think not. About how hard. Obvious. The problems are obvious. I mean, 
the spaces and whatever else, but this is still, as far as story, acting, directing, music, every goddamn element of this movie is fucking outstanding. Yep. It's a little long and the scenes draw a little bit. There's not really potholes. There's not really a lot of that shit that you can complain about. It's really just that. And I, I guess I would have to say if you feel like you guys do that, the movie is two separate movies. Perhaps I can't um, believe you. Perhaps I can't believe you does. interrupted John during his hold up moment. God damn it! <laughs> huh? I'm so sorry. I can't believe you're arguing <laughs> the John hold up moment. I'm so sorry. That's all right. No, it's good. Like it is. He was gonna finish right before he finished. He was gonna say it. He stopped. I thought he said it. He said I it. Did I, say just, a, I did say. Ultimately, I'm gonna say this one does hold up. So, anyways, no, I'm just kidding. No, John. no. I'm so sorry. I interrupted you that time. No, it, I thought you were gonna. I thought you might be going the other direction. You had a pause and you sighed and you looked very upset i am upset i just feel like maybe i'm not worthy of this movie or something like i don't want it to be something else i just i want it to be slightly more cohesive i guess um and just at this length would i have wanted to another godfather sequel and then the the last one is godfather 4 like that's not what i'm saying um I don't know. It just it, it didn't hit me in the warm and fuzzies the same way that Godfather One did when we watch it, and some of the other movies that I consider to be up in the greats like Shawshank or Unforgiven. It just doesn't have that kind of Pulp Fiction sheen. Yeah, yeah, for me, just for me personally anymore. Like technically, there's like this movie is to be revered, absolutely, and um, like its place in history and and the huge story it tells, and to be like one of the movies that like. Um, uh, inspired so many like different mafia movies and stories and and you know from entertainment purposes it's it's I love I love that stuff I really do um, so I think my love for it is is making it overcome some of what I perceive to be the the some of the issues with this and you know I I never fire anybody for their role in this movie right like you did it great and at the time I think that people like these kinds of big thick long movies. And they didn't know any better about keeping it short and short and to the point. They didn't learn that up until never. So, so. Did you hear that, everybody? <laughs> All short better. All Coppola's movies are like three hours long. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like yeah. it. I like it at the end. When it's done, I'm like crazy. Michael's like a fucked up guy. Wow, he's yeah. fucked up. And yeah, I, I, I love feel, Vito. So. I, didn't, I didn't feel that, that way as much this time. I, I feel like this was two really good movies. Um, but like as one whole movie, I don't know. I don't know if it is like good as one movie. I feel like there's so many great scenes and so many great characters, but when you have two movies on top of each other like this and they're both good and you're trying to make it one movie and you're saying, does this movie hold up together with that? I don't know. I don't know if it does. Like it's what's even happening right now. I know. I don't even know. The Godfather was just skated by. It was perfect. The very original Godfather skates by. It is other. We uh, there was one or two flaws we found in it, and they were minor, like the the weird newspaper like <laughs> montages. <laughs> that shit was bad. But like otherwise, like and the lighting in this one, <laughs> Michael's always in a dark room filled with lights that aren't turned on 
They have so many goddamn lights in that house. You could see the the lampshades. Yeah. And <laughs> he's sitting in the dark. Or he's talking to people in the dark. So I started to it's look It's just for, like, oh, he's in the dark. Were they just casting a shadow on his face to show his evil or like the half, half dark, half light to maybe show that he's still half there? But then he's like... This. There's that scene where he's talking to his mother and then she's in the half good, half bad light. And I'm like, is she half good, half bad too? Or is it just the lighting in this room is super shitty? And I think Fincher was on lighting. Could have been. Very dark, this movie. Very dark. Even the remaster. Uh, yeah. I think, I just think this is two, I just think this is two movies. And they smooshed them together. And they, and John's right. If there was a cohesiveness or a point at the end of the movie where it ties the two stories together, then it would hold up. But but because it's two really great movies that are smushed together and are three hours and twenty two minutes long, then I don't think I could say that it does. It's it it is great as all of the technical and acting and writing for the dialogue is when when it's not like a ten minute scene when like those scenes like are really humming. And those actors are like really, oh my God, like, yeah, the Hyman Ross scene is amazing. But once again, you can have amazing scenes in a movie that doesn't quite work. You can. There's, we've talked about it lots of times. That doesn't quite work as a whole piece. And I don't think anymore that I feel like this does work together as a whole piece. I feel like there's just so much great about it. But at the end of the day, as, as a movie, I don't think for me it holds up anymore. Godfather skated by. And this used to be the one I thought was better. <laughs> I thought this one was better my whole life than the first Godfather. So this is all new information for me. Would this movie be <laughs> as the much as it is for everybody else? I, I mean, I hate to say it, but like I just don't I just don't think it works for me anymore. And once again, it doesn't work for me. Nah, yeah, no, no fuck, it works Jesus for you Christ, guys, you're entitled just, to your shit. You don't have to apologize to us. No, I know. I want to ask you guys a question. I try to be, wait, so a lot of times, just let me finish, okay. though. A lot of times I try to be more definitive and say, you know, like, this movie's not good. This movie doesn't hold up 100%. But I'm just saying for me personally, the those things that, that John didn't think quite worked, they were too much for me to overcome and to just give it, to give it a hold up. I, I just... I can't do it. What was the question, Brent? <clears throat> My question to you guys is this. Pertaining to your feeling and thoughts um, regarding the two separate stories, right? So you keep talking about how you don't see the relation between these stories. But let me ask you, Other do than you not see... Son. But that's, that's a massive relation. And then also the juxtaposition between them at the same age with young families at the same job at those points in their life. Right. But they, yeah. like, I mean, this is like, if those things don't relate and compare and draw together, I'm not really sure what might. It, so here, my thinking on this is that, yeah, they're the same age. They're, they're showing this slice of their lives. Maybe they're, maybe they were both 34 at this point, And that's, I don't know that that's necessarily the truth. Cause I don't know how old both of them are, but it seems like a similar part in their lives. I mean, Vito's kids, young boys, Vito's and... kids are a little younger when we see them. Michael's kids are a bit older and Vito's generation probably would have had kids a little younger. But anyway, none of that really matters. What does matter is that yes, 
they're father son. Um, they're they're similar age. They're in a similar scenario, sort of that they're both involved in the thing where Vito is creating it, and maybe Michael is bringing it to the like very top of its peak. Um, but it's like it's it's the the supporting themes that I need in the moments where we transition from one story to the next, where Vito is faced with a huge challenge, and then we come to Michael who's overcoming that challenge in his own way so that we can see father and son set something up and handled it appropriately. Instead, it's like, and we shot the guy, and he was dead, and we celebrated. Fade out. Fade in with Michael. I'm in court. I'm doing things in court, and I'm fighting for my life. I'm like, that doesn't have anything to do with what we just saw Vito dealing with or overcoming. So, like... There are relationships between the two stories, but it didn't like flow back and forth in the trains of thought enough for me to say, holy cow, like Vito came out way different from his journey than Michael at the end of the day. The only, the only way there, the only no, no. way there's a connection between them is, is that he's his father and, and that's it. That's it. They're like, they're telling the story of his father growing up, but otherwise there is no thematic connections. I agree. They're also, they're also doing the same job though. It's. Yeah, but that's fine. But they're in completely different parts of the job. Michael's in some big, huge, like deal where he's investing. Parts. Just wait, he's let a, me finish. He, they're let both finish. godfathers. Okay, okay. But but, they're both, but Michael is working on some kind of a level where he is going to spend two million dollars back when that meant something in the fifties, yeah. <laughs> not like today, on this gigantic land deal in Cuba with uh, Hyman Roth and his father is is uh, like just like stumbling his way in America and comes across a way that he could make a living with these other two guys. So then it's not the same at all. The fact that they're like both in the mafia or one is up and coming and, and Mike and Michael's not doing mafia stuff anymore. He's more like a businessman. Michael's not dealing with the same things that his father's dealing with at all. He's like he's dealing with like these big high proposals with this it's, this other person any the only thing he's dealing with mafia so is, is someone tries Vito, to assassinate him they talk about number one how Vito owns the government Vito was doing big deals too man see they show in one Michael's scene so far Vito, different from his father living in a compound on Lake Tahoe <laughs> with like a million soldiers they show it's just like there's not no relation to it no all. Michael Michael grows the business sure well, they show Vito going to get the olive oil business going back in back in Italy, but they don't spend a mm. lot of time on it because they immediately transition that he used that trip to murder the guy who killed his father, which is another real interesting flip of the story and an and interesting direction it goes. But like with that or with when the guy comes and, and, and Vito does the favor to get the lady her apartment, there's like nothing similar in Michael's world. That shows that he mm. was faced with a similar, you know, these thousand people have come like here to plead for you not to tear down their 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 thing. And Mike will be like, fuck those people. Hoo-ah. And then we'd be like, oh, my yeah. God, he's not like his dad. No, your arguments, your arguments are the best. Um, Always or that, just that, that one? does that that one. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, out of the two of you. That's the one that resonates with me. Is the is yeah, that and what idea. John, so and that I makes, I agree what, with that. I can see and, that perspective. And we're both trying to say yeah that same thing. The, they they don't don't seem take to credit tie. for this idea. Let, let <laughs> no, John have I'm, the compliment. I'm, not t- I'm just saying that they don't tie the two the two stories together at when they transition them. They they never wrote them that way. They they wrote them like two separate stories. Yeah, that they they don't really have any relation to one another the, other than. Other than that, they're related. That's that's what and I And you needed. get to see Michael a little bit in when he's a little kid and stuff. But yeah, but there's no no tying of anything together. 
that's what I needed. And mm. but like still with what we got, I loved each story independently a lot. Yes. So it's two movies, Godfather one and two. And then we would have never had Godfather three. We would have no, never we had it. Would have been one of these. Maybe we'd have it some been Godfather uh, four. It would have been four. We would have been four, maybe. But we would have never had a Sofia Coppola fucking Godfather. Unbelievable. But so uh, after that, John explaining that because I think John Brent's right. John nailed it. How do you feel now? Is still the same? Yeah, it holds up. But it. Um, Not you, Brent. <laughs> John. Me? Well, no, he didn't change his no, mind. I, didn't I change changed my mind. my mind. I knew this. I knew this. I just got to explain it a little bit better. And I think I, it's because I love each story so much, and that's all we're ever going to get of this. That what it means is you have to watch these two exciting and interesting stories cut up with each other for some reason, um, and you have to watch them back to back. Otherwise, you're going to miss it. So it's like you got to watch this three hours and thirty minutes in a sitting because there's no coming back would be like really interesting if these were, you know, a, a two hour and an hour and a half movie. Um, winner, winner, chicken. It would dinner. be super easy just to cut the scenes from each. And I know that they wouldn't segue perfectly, yeah. but you just take those, like you take the fucking veto scenes, boom, yeah. put them together. And then you take the other scenes, sandwich them together. And then you watch those in yeah, two sittings and tell yeah, yourself how you feel. Yeah, this is not a Humpty Dumpty. This isn't a Humpty Dumpty. In fact, we should create a new category for it where... Where you could take it and add it into two really, really, really good movies. I think this one would be the only one like that ever. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if there's any the other movie I- that tries to do this and you're like, I wish they could pull those two things apart. Um, and plus, we need more mm. Bruno. Bruno Kirby's dynamite. He like, And he kicked ass in this. He yeah, had he tons is. of attitude. Um, yeah. I just when really like Bruno Kirby as Clemenza. He was good. Hey, and I came into this on the fence too, and I was really hoping that you guys could convince me that it held up. Couldn't but you guys failed. It. It's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> By Junior Soprano. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it, and if for nothing else, it's fun to have a conversation and throw a little bit of controversy in there. And we have talked about this for a long, long time. Uh, we don't usually make the length of our podcast commensurate with the length of the movie, but next week we might have a bit of a risk of that once again with Lord OTR, the two towers, Lord of the Rings. We'll bring it back. Um, and we're also having a special guest. Yes. If you go back and listen to our first Lord of the Rings, the fellowship, we had friend of the pod, Dave Frodo. Uh, no, not Frodo. Oh, he wasn't available. Oh, it'd be so awesome if we had an actor. But we had Dave, and Dave will be revisiting uh, the Two Towers with us. We'll see if he can talk his way out of this one because he uh, was turned around in a couple of points by us, I think. We'll see if he holds up a super little Super fan, Dave. Super, super fan. He's a super fan of the Lord of the Rings. This guy like lives and dies Lord of the Rings, and he is going to be on the podcast, and he is going to defend this thing with everything he's got. Locked and loaded. All right. I personally am so very excited for this. I'm excited too. It is going to be real <laughs> good. <Colossus>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, got three on one, baby. Godfather three one. On one. <laughs> Godfather one, six thumbs up. Godfather two, maybe four thumbs up. Maybe. Yeah, something like that. Three and a half. It depends. Um, oh, once again, though, just I want to I wanna add that you should still watch this movie if you've never seen it, 100%. And if you're interested in the Godfather it. stuff, like if you like the Godfather one, you will like how this like explains some characters in more detail, gets into it. There, there could have been, this could have been a ton worse. Um, yeah, it actually, 
like each story in itself is quite beautiful. You just got to carve a Oh bunch yeah, of time. this is not a bad this is not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. The awards that that this movie won for directing, acting, yeah, like music, like all of those things in this movie are very very like masterclass good. Yeah, and one thing we can all agree on is don't watch 3. Yeah, 100% unless you want to laugh. Three. There is some funny stuff in 3. Watch 1 and 2 but never watch 3. Just yes, when I thought I was out, pull me back. Pull me back pull in. Back in. Well, I think it would be only fit to get rid of this episode with uh, my impression of Frank Pantangeli. Hey, you over there. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll check you next week with Lord of the Rings. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.